Good Wednesday afternoon, everyone. On the clock, back in action. Spencer Davis, David Hidden, and Andrew Schulte back as always. Gentlemen, another great week of sports in the books. How are we feeling? Feeling fantastic. I cannot wait for this weekend to come on. I am excited. Andrew, anything? I'm just happy because, uh, or sad, I should say. I don't know why I said happy. <laughs> I took the Padres. They let me down. But good for you, David. It was a good week for you. Besides, the, the Eagles had a bye week and the 76 was sucked. But other than that, it was a good week for you. Yeah. Um, well, I'm a Thunder. Uh, we barely edged one out against the Clippers with, like, the Clippers playing absolutely nobody. We barely won. Um, so that's, like, the only plus that happened other than the Phillies, obviously. Um, other than that, a boring It's a week. red October. It's a very red October. I was telling you, red is warmer than yellow. Red is warmer than yellow. I mean, it certainly seems that way with how hot the Phillies are swinging the bats. That'll lead right into uh, our ALC and NLCS discussions. We have our World Series matchup set, but we'll get to that in a second. Guys, the Astros, we're going to start with the Astros, so we can give you as much time as you want on the Phillies after this. The Astros are undefeated so far in the playoffs. Swept the Mariners, swept the Yankees. They look unstoppable. Oh, yeah, 100%. And um, on paper, they have a much better team than the Phillies, offense-wise. Um, you got something to say, David? I think they have a better offense. If we're talking about on paper in the postseason so far, I disagree. But continue. Okay, um, pitching-wise, bullpen and starters. So Starters, I can also disagree um, with Zach Wheeler being the most dominant pitcher so far. Okay, I mean, I don't I don't see that, but like that's your opinion. That's okay. You also didn't see the Phillies winning against the Cardinals, the Braves, or the Padres. So yeah, but the Astros are just a different beast. There's a reason they haven't lost at all this playoffs. Mm-hmm. So you can say they're just as hot as the Phillies, if not hotter. It's the two hottest teams in baseball meeting up right now, and that's how it should be. It's gonna to- it's gonna cause total chaos. I would be shocked if the Phillies took two games. Really, I want the Phillies to win. That's a bold statement. So you're saying Astros in five? I'm saying Astros in four. You think they sweep? You think they go through the entire I think they postseason? Go through the entire postseason without a loss. That would be incredible. I'm just trying to pull up the stats from that series. Because um, Jeremy Pena stepped right in for Carlos Correa. Like, right. He didn't even miss a beat. Right. Like the Astros just have hordes of talent that they've just been hiding somehow and they've decided that this is the best time to break it out which i would argue is the best time um and the yankees just went cold well unless your name's harrison bader unless you're harrison bader who went ballistic that's the only person who did anything darth bader darth bader indeed couldn't you know much like the star wars movies couldn't get the empire uh to succeed one aspect of that series that nobody's really talking about the Yankees' defense really just let them down. Good. In a huge way. Good. I'm I mean, happy to hear it. I mean, as much as the defense really let them down, you have your overall the best player in sports and Aaron Judge just continue to put up goose eggs. Not only in the ALDS, but the ALCS when you needed him most. He left all of his energy in the regular season. Literally all of it. Yeah, for the postseason, Judge hit. 063 with the 118 OBP. 
this is the way I look at it for that series against the Astros. First two games, the Yankees battled them down. Pretty sure game three they had a few runs, but not enough to win, obviously, as they got swept. But games three and four, they had one crucial error in each of those games that was pretty much a difference maker. Oh, yeah. Game three where Aaron Judge decided to shade over Harrison Bader. And Bader the ball. missed the ball. And yep. then next pitch, or next day, uh, batter, bat, yeah. McCormick hit one out. Mm-hmm. Short porch, With little outs. league home run. Little yeah, league home outs. run. And then game four, you had ground ball hit to Glaber. Glaber made a very bad toss to IKF. Granted, IKF's got to be in a better fielding position, but he's not a he's not a traditional shortstop. With the Rangers, he played third base. He went over the Yankees this year, and they put him at shortstop. So I mean, you're gonna have stuff like that, but it's got to be a better flip from uh, from Torres. And when this happened, the Yankees were up uh, five to four, and then it put runners on first and second yep. with one out. And then both those runners came across the score when they should have been out of the inning and stub 5-4, but instead they went back to the dugout, down 6-5. I mean, it was a close series. All the games were separated by, so like, game one, 4-2 Astros. Game two, 3-2 Astros. Game three was a bit of a blowout, 5-0. And then it was 6-5 game four. And the Yankees led in game four, too. Yeah, so, I, so I, to the Yankees' credit, they're competitive in all of these games. It's just at the end of the day, you have to have timely pitching, and they didn't get that at all. They didn't get timely pitching or hitting. What about the stat where they had 17 strikeouts in game one to the Astros? What, two, three? Also, I don't know if you guys saw this, but Aaron Boone was blaming the dome roof, being, yeah, open. Roof being open. Yep. Yeah. Um, an interesting take when your team normally plays outside anyway. So I, I fail to see how that would affect that at all. I, I mean, unless you're like – prepping for an entire week, which they weren't. They had a day break and then went back at it again, what? playing in a dome in those scenarios. You still can't. It's There's no wind factor. No. What well, wind factor do? No, but, like, the roof was open. I know. So it was like, what are you, what are you talking about? You've played like this normally. <laughs> Everybody plays outside. That's the whole point of baseball. Wasn't he saying something about how Bregman hit a ball, like, 95 miles an hour and Judge hit when 107 didn't get out? Something like that. Like, yeah, that's like that happens happen in baseball. It happens. Maybe tell Luis Severino to throw a better pitch. <laughs> he hung that he hung that slider right down the pipe to Bregman. What do you think is gonna happen? Home and runs. O2 pitch. You can't <laughs> yeah. throw a, a hanging slider O two pitch. If you're gonna throw a slider on O two pitch, you gotta make sure you bury it. And Bregman's been consistent the entire postseason too. He's just been like that his whole career. He's yeah. just that guy in the playoffs. He is. Let's He's go got to, that dog in him. He does have that dog. The x-rays have been released. Uh, Phillies-Padres now, the series. Uh, this was a lot of scoring. Yes. Not a lot of pitching, which you wouldn't think based off of the game one result because it was a super close game and really low scoring, but then everyone just lit the bats up. Can you tell us the scores of that again? Yes, game one, 2-0 Phillies. Yep. Game two was 8-5 Padres. Game three was 4-2 Phillies. Game four, 10-6 Phillies. And game five, four, three Phillies. Game five might have been the craziest games of the play game of the playoffs. It's back and forth, Harper two run shot the other way, nasty stuff, nasty nasty stuff. Obviously, I don't know if this is going to happen throughout the World Series or if it's actually going to happen at all. Um, every single game clinching series the Phillies have won, Bryce Harper has hit a home run in that final game. He hit the first home run that was, te- like, 
prospectively the game winner against the Cardinals in the wild card series. Mm -hmm. He hit that opposite field homer against Kenley Jansen on his immaculate cutter, which is disgusting. It mowed down everybody, not Harper. He took that yard to end the series, just like extra icing on top. I believe they won like eight to one or something like that, or eight to three, one of the two. Um, and then with that game-winning home run, which really, really made me cry. <laughs> I was, I didn't get a chance to watch it. I was coaching a 15U practice, and I was just looking at the game cast. And I go, if Harper actually goes deep, I might bust a tear here. I might <laughs> just shed a tear. And I'm looking on the game cast, and it just keeps arching up, keeps arching up, and everybody's running, and lands right there. Green. I – there was too many emotions. <laughs> I, I played it back. I didn't get, I wish I would have watched it live, but knowing what happened and seeing it, it just – it solidified in my memory forever. I've seen Moneyball memes about this. Oh, yeah. Um, I've seen the Ron Burgundy meme, um, which is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's just a great time to be a Philly fan. Even if we don't win it all, the Astros, by my standards, have always been the best team like the last five years. Somehow they just always find continual success. They made it would, the... it, I mean, and they get upset a lot. They got upset 2019 Nationals. 2020, they didn't make it. Good. 2021, upset by the wild card winner Atlanta Braves. It'd be crazy if that was a third time happening with the Phillies. All NL East teams, too. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it's a reoccurring theme. Phillies win this year, Marlins win the next, Mets win the next. That would be something. That would actually be insane because someone um, someone had a prediction of, like, the next 10 years of the World Series winner. So far, they're two for two. They ended up picking the Dodgers and then the Braves. And then in 2022, their, predict- their prediction was the Phillies. And I didn't what? believe it. Yes. <laughs> How? All right, so there's time travels real, guys. Oh, yeah, 100%. Firm. <laughs> I need to find it because it's actually insane what they might have come up with. All right, yeah. also, how do you feel about your leadoff hitter being, A, Kyle Schwarber, which I think is a great move in general, uh, like sabermetrically great choice. He goes 0 for 1 with three walks in game five. You have your power hitter leading off and draws three walks. That's how you know you're going to win the game. He doesn't even need to get a hit to make an impact. He That's three times. And when he does get a hit, he hits the ball 488 yes. feet in the second deck. <laughs> when head he, when he touches the ball, it goes over the fence. It goes very far. I saw this, man. It was a tailing sinker away, like maybe 96 miles an hour. And this dude somehow finds a way to get it barreled up, like way outside. Finds a way to barrel it up dead center. Like, I don't know how you get that much of power on that extension of the bat. I don't think I've ever seen him go left field. We don't need him to. But that just shows what his mind and his zone is right now. Ballistic. Did you guys see the video of him after clinching, riding the mechanical bull? bull? No. Oh, it was no. gold. <laughs> Pure gold. <laughs> All right. I mean, that kind of wraps up the uh, the two series, I would say. We can kind of preview the World Series as well. We've kind of gotten into it with the Houston. and One sec. One sec. All right, All right. I'm going to play you. Uh, this dude, his name Kalenic is here. He posted this November 2nd, 2019. Um, so this is before COVID even happened or anything like that. 2020, the Dodgers. 2021, the Braves. 2022, the Phillies. 2023, the Mariners. 2024, the Padres. 2025, the Mariners. 2026, the Giants. 2027, the Angels. 
2028 the Marlins and 2029 the Orioles. Oh, so he can predict three World Series winners in a row, but he couldn't predict COVID? Huh, what a chump. It's insane. I'm not taking anything this guy says. You probably did. All right, that's hilarious. The Schwarber video. <laughs> that's amazing. Dude's just having fun. I now love imagine it. Imagine if the bowl operator uh, went too hard and oh. got him injured. Oh, real quick, before we move on. A Madison Bumgarner-type situation. <laughs> before we move Two on. Two-sport athlete. We got your predict. Uh, predictions for the World Series. Spencer, what do you think is going to happen? Um, Putting you on the spot here, but he already said his. I just wanted to get it. Don't get me wrong. I want the Phillies to win. But I don't Astros think you do. Four. I do. I don't like the Astros. Yeah, you just bet against the Phillies every single time. Yeah, I feel... I don't blame you if you do. I'm going to go Houston in six. Uh, I think the Phillies, they're too hot to lose or get swept, I think. Um... But firepower-wise, I mean, again, it's October. Anything can happen. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if the Phillies worked this one out because they have the other, what, three rounds now? They've figured out ways to win. Good teams do that. Uh, But the Astros have also done it, and they've done it clean in a way that, in in a sense that they They haven't haven't lost, lost. which is insane. I think they will lose in this series for sure. I think that some random dude, like Ranger Suarez throwing, like, six – shutout innings wouldn't surprise me in this series. But Zach Wheeler could get lit up. Yeah. It's just a series where anything weird is going to happen. I'm looking forward to the World Series for the first time in a long time. And uh, I can't remember where I was going with that. Uh, but, like, I think that, again, the Phillies, they've had good luck on their side, and I think that that will continue to go through this series. Um, but, again, I think that, Astros and six feels the most likely, and um, I don't mind it as much. This is the most intrigued I've been with the World Series in a while, I would say. Um, you know, people aren't a fan of the Astros. I don't have as much beef with them anymore just because, like, there's no way they're cheating now because they're being watched like Hawks. Um, so, I, you know, it is what it is. It'd be nice for the series not to be tainted by that, but at the end of the day, like, they're a good team. Really good team. And I'd love to see the Phillies win. Don't get me wrong. The biggest take that I could probably make is the only chance that the Phillies do have in winning, and this is me being realistic, is in seven. Um, Yeah. If they come out hot, this is how the Phillies work because we've seen it in the regular season too. When they play series against other teams and they win the first game, more likely than not they're going to win the series. When they lose, for some reason they just fall flat on their face and they collapse. Is this going to happen again? I have no idea. We haven't seen a series like that in a long time. It hasn't been like that for like the last four weeks. It's been a whole month since this occurrence has happened. Um, But for the Phillies to have a chance, they have to take game one because if they don't, momentum is not on their side, especially with Aaron Nola going game one. You need all of the help you can get. The way I look at it, the Phillies could easily win game one and then lose the next four. I don't think that's how diverse the series could be. It could, the Phillies could sweep, they could win in seven. The Astros could win in seven. The Astros could sweep. The series could go anyway. It's it's a bunch of momentum. The only thing I think would happen is the Phillies aren't going to lose at Citizens Bank. I feel like they will at least push it to Game Six if they do lose. So you think they take both at Citizens Bank? There'll be three games at Citizens Bank. Yeah, but you think they're gonna win all three of them? At least two. The Phillies are a different breed at Citizens Bank. 
absolutely a different breed. Their stadium's a different breed, too. To the point where they haven't haven't lost in the playoffs at Citizens Bank. You know who hasn't lost in the playoffs? The Astros haven't (laughs) lost in the playoffs. They haven't even lost on the road. And the Astros (laughs) are just a different beast. Immovable object facing an immovable object, and they're going right at each other. I don't know what's going to happen first. Wait, an, an unmovable object and an unmovable object. Going at each other? Where's yeah, the they, logic there? Yep. <laughs> yep. This is how weird this is. That's the Philly <laughs> well, season. Who, who moved them to start? Bryce Harper's home run. But they were immovable. That makes no sense, David. Bryce Harper is God. <laughs> Bryce is God. Phillies in four. Typical Phillies. Ah. Typical Phillies fan here. And no brain cells. <laughs> <laughs> this is a <laughs> most intelligent physics major. <laughs> Uh, this is leagues beyond. Phillies in what... seven. If not Phillies in seven, it's going to be Houston in six. Okay. But I'm going with Phillies <laughs> in seven. That's my ultimate guess. All right. Let's move into hockey season. Andrew, step up. The puck the puck being dropped, you win the face off. Take us through it. The Astro. <laughs> you dropped it. I, I win the face it. off. I'm taking it the other way okay. now. Okay. I'm sorry, I don't know why I said that. The Blues, I've been checked into the boards. Andrew has the puck again. The Blues lost their first game after starting the season 3-0. and They lost to Winnipeg 4 nothing. Was not a great game. You have a Mickey Mouse schedule, by the way. You've played four games, and the Kraken have played eight. Yeah, we have back-to-back this week and then the game on Saturday. Good. We you deserve that. We have Edmonton today, who we played on Saturday, and Jordan Bennington got a shutout. Not that impressive. It's pretty impressive. You're like as big play. as the goal is. Huh? You're like as big as the goal is. I don't see how they ever give up a goal. Well, when you have Connor McDavid on the other team, I mean, it's pretty obvious it's going to happen. I mean, last time I checked, we beat the Kraken, so I don't know why you're talking over there. Like we, we have, discussed Because we have time. eight points and you have six, so who's the real winners here? How many games have you played? Eight. We've played four. Uh-huh. And we eight have... is still greater than six. And we have two points less than you. How about you play. get an overtime loss and then you come talk to me, huh? Yeah, who who gave you that overtime loss? We don't have to talk about it. Who gave you that overtime <laughs> loss? We have two now. Thank you very much. Yeah. From the Ducks. The Ducks were hmm, they're 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 a weird team. Yeah, they're three point. They're one and four and one. Everybody thought they were gonna be a wild card team. Wrong. Like, the Kraken are. I mean it could be worse. It could be the Vancouver Canucks. Yeah, the Canucks uh, I'm very scared are gonna beat the Kraken. Did you see that they threw Bo Horvat's jersey on the ice? Yikes. Yeah. That's not, not good. good. No, it's not been good over there in Vancouver. And they <laughs> have the pieces, man. They have the pieces. I think they need to just – honestly, my, my opinion is they're in a tweener stage. Okay. It doesn't look like it right now being 0-5-2, but they need to tr- trade away JT Miller, trade away Bo, Bo Horvat, trade – keep Quinn Hughes. Keep Quinn Hughes. He's the one guy I would keep. But trade away anything that you can get Brock Besser, trade away anybody you can get good picks or prospects for or young stars. And just rebuild, man. You guys haven't been good in a while. I mean, you guys have been in a tweener stage for like five years now. Do something. I mean, and then you have like, I'm looking at the standings right now. You got the rest of the bottom of the league. Well, besides the Nashville Predators and the Minnesota Wild have been really surprising. Everybody thought the Predators could be a top three team in the Central Division. And, I mean, they're starting off two and four and one. I mean, it's only, what, seven games? Give it time, but like kind of surprised to see them down there. Same with Minnesota. I mean, they don't have a – they've what? I don't even know really know who their goalie is. Is it Cam Talbot maybe? Don't ask me. He's not – that's who they had last year. Okay. Oh, they had Marc-Andre Fleury too. They resigned him. I, I forgot, but they're just not looking good, man. I mean, Tampa Bay Lightning, 3-4-0. Oh. 
what, they've made the Stanley Cup Finals three years in a row. One, two, lost one. That's just surprising to me. People are saying the Red Wings are back. Huh? People are saying the Red Wings are back. People are saying the Red Wings are back? Yeah. Three, one, and two? Yeah, eight points. That's solid. That's That's more than the Blues. Because they got all the Blues players. It's true. Billy Huso, David Perron, St. Louis Red Wings, Jake Wallman, (laughs) St. Louis Red Wings, (laughs) Detroit Blues, the Detroit Blues, yeah. (laughs) The Flyers are now four and two with eight points. So Andrew, who are you saying right now that are at the top of these divisions? Let's go top three in all the divisions: Flyers, Flyers, and Flyers. The Flyers are in third in the Metropolitan. Who are you saying out of the top twelve teams are legit? Are legit? Yes. Who are the who are you saying like that makes sense? Avalanche. Okay. Vegas, they've really been surprising. Calgary. Mm-hmm. Not Seattle. Alright. I'm taking offense to that, but that's fine. Boston, Florida. Okay. Carolina. Pittsburgh. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna say Ottawa. Ottawa made some decent moves this offseason. I can see it. So you're they saying Dallas is, top six. You so you're saying Dallas and Chicago are fraudulent. Oh I I mean, Dallas, I'm kind of on the fence about, but Chicago, 100%. Okay. Chicago's on a four-game win streak. I don't care. I'm just saying. I'm just I'm pointing just out too. facts here. Also, the Predators are on a five-game losing streak. Not well, as bad as the Canucks. Seven games. <laughs> Still without a win. <laughs> well, the Blackhawks traded away. Was it Alex Dabrinkat or was it Kirby Dak? It might have been both. Who knows? But they traded them away. And who do they have? Patrick Kane. Jonathan Taze haven't been good. In, well, Kane's still good. Taze is getting old. But they're undefeated at home. Who, the Blackhawks? Yes. I don't care. You this know who up. is defeated at home? The Sharks, 0-4. Yeah. Are they at home, 0-4? Yes. That does not surprise me. <laughs> they, are, they are not good. But, like, I could definitely, like, winning this entire thing, if I had to go one team, I'm going Vegas. You think Vegas gets a are, gets a chip? Watching watching this year so far, they have been really good. You see, Phil, we have some news. Phil Kessel broke the Iron Man streak. hasn't has not played a game since two thousand nine. Has not missed a game. Has not missed a game. That's what I meant to say. Since two thousand nine, that's impressive. That is very impressive. Uh, somebody showed me the picture of him eating hot dogs out of the Stanley Cup, which is probably one of my favorite images of all time. Uh, might make my iconic sports moment draft, oh, yeah. honestly, which oh. is coming up at the end of this episode, so stay tuned for that. There's so many nicknames for that guy, for are, Phil Kessel. Are, are any of them, like, able to be read? Probably not, because it's also <laughs> this one YouTuber that I watch. It's so funny. <laughs> yeah, but they the Blackhawks traded Alex Rinkett to the Senators, so, and he was their up-and-coming star. Okay. Because you're gonna about you're about to name names that I have no idea, so, like, you're going to have to give me some, like, qualifiers on why I should care. Well, he's like twenty six. Okay, so like he's young. Uh, okay, so you like you know the Twitter meme where it's like explaining NBA terms. I'm gonna need you to do that with any sport. Uh, so who's a comparable twenty six year old? Alex Debrinkat to uh, uh, say that name again. Alex Debrinkat. Sounds Canadian. It is. Yes. I thought you just combined <laughs> Tua in that. So I was like, to Shea Gilligas Alexander. Okay. So if Shea, okay. All right. That's good. All yeah, right. I got it you. now. All right. <laughs> See? So I just looked up how many games Phil Kessel played in a row. 990, 990 games in a row. Okay. And they do 82 game seasons, right? Yep. I believe. 992. 
You said? 990. Okay. And he also that is scored. 12 straight seasons. Yeah, 2000. I would say it's, what, 2009, 2010? That's insane. That's props. That's insane. Not he also scored his 400th career goal in the same game he broke that record. That's incredible. While eating hot dogs out of the Stanley Cup. Listen, the man lives my dream. <laughs> I didn't know that was my dream until today, but... Phil Kessel's that guy. He is that guy. He is a funny guy. So he broke that streak while playing for the Maple Leafs, the Penguins, um, the Coyotes, and eight games for the Knights. Okay. And that... Uh, the record, the Ironman record, was mm-hmm. broken in the NHL last year by Keith, Yand- Keith Yandel. Did he retire? I believe so. Okay. So Either that you, or he actually did get injured for the first time in a while. That would be really unfortunate. That's hard I'd rather retire, I think. Unless then it's just like, oh, I got hurt. I can finally retire. Uh, Andrew, who are some guys? Let's go, uh, let's go three guys that you've been really impressed with so far this season. That I've been really impressed with so far? Any position. I'm going to go with... Logan Thompson, the goalie for the Knights. Okay. Vladimir Tarasenko. Not a biased pick. No. He actually, (laughs) like, okay, I saw a clip of him talking to uh, Jaden Schwartz. Okay. And they said, hey, how about you be a playmaker today? Tarasenko went out and had three assists that game, two of them within a minute. Yeah, I remember him saying that because they were showing that during the Kraken Blues game, and it was really sad because I was like, why would you encourage him to do this to your team? (laughs) But, you know, that's the I believe. Uh, my second pick's gonna be David Pasternak. Okay. I mean, granted, we all knew he I was love a stud. These names. Oh, they're awesome names. <laughs> the NHL's got great names. Yeah, like these are all named like, see, uh, this uh, Andre Sveshnikov. <laughs> Did I get that right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm like that. I'm like that. Place for the pants. I mean, Hurricane Carolina. Yeah. Like these are some great names. Leon um, Drysidel. Matthew uh, Chakuk. Matthew Tuchuk. Tuchuk? Tuchuk? Tuchuk. Oh, I love that. He was supposed to come to St. Louis, but uh, we kind of screwed that up. We're going to have to do an all-name team draft eventually where we just draft dudes with the coolest names. I'm definitely taking Artemi Panarin. I like that one. Jack Eichel's a pretty cool name, I'll say. Alex Tuke. He's from, he's from um, U.S. Is he? Jared Goff. So. <laughs> you know uh, Matthew Tuchuk has a brother? <laughs> really? Brady. He plays for the Senators, and his dad played in the NHL too. Keith played for the Blues. So when Matthew and Brady were coming up, they grew up in St. Louis. Oh wow! That's why they wanted to come to place. That's why Matthew went to play for St. Louis, but St. Louis didn't give up the pieces to trade for Matthew, and Florida gave up a lot. Jonathan Huberdeau, um, what's his name? Mackenzie Winger, that's his name. Okay. And draft picks. So the Blues could probably a good that. package the way that you said yeah. that. So Jonathan Huberto is easily just as good, if not better, than Matthew Chuck. Okay. All right. Anything else we need to know about the world of hockey, Andrew? Still early. Still early. Still early. Take everything with a grain of salt right now. Okay. Kraken are back. Kraken are not back. They were never there. <laughs> Kraken are back like for the, the first time. If they were good, they would be like the 2019 uh, Golden Knights and make it all the way to the Cup their first year. But no. Where were they during the playoffs? Mm, on the couches. That's what I thought. Well, you know, you win some and you lose some. Speaking of losing some, moving into the NFL season, uh, I'm just going to get this out of the way, address the elephant in the room. The Lions are bad. I thought the Lions were back earlier. I thought they were too. If you had told me when we were 1-1, one one, we were beating the Vikings 14-0, 
that we would go, we'd lose that game. That was the most depressed I've seen, Spencer, all semester. And then they just spiraled out of control. That was a low point for Spencer. Yeah, uh, this it's just it's getting worse and worse. Uh, Forty-five points the next week and still losing to the Seahawks. You got Geno'd. Uh, okay, you Geno is you, yeah. You can't be telling me that like I need to be sad about Heno Smith going yeah. off against us. He's him. There's nothing I can do about that. The what Seahawks might about, be a playoff team. this listen, year. Listen, what I'm sad about is we have not scored a touchdown in three weeks. Granted, one of the weeks was a bye week. Right. But we have not scored in a game. Yeah, last the last two games. Last time you played, you got zapped before the Cowboys. Yeah, well, we kind of got zapped. It was the defense that did us in, but I was rooting for you guys so much. Well, I'm sure week. you hate the Cowboys, and you were winning six to three. And I was like, "Is there a chance?" Gritty game. Is there really a chance? No. And then as soon as I saw Dallas score a touchdown, I go, "This is game. This is game." Because you guys get to the one yard line. Andrew, oh, and then, Andrew, what did I say during that? So they get to the they uh, drive down the field. It looks like he's in the end zone. They replay it back down at the one. Spencer goes, looks at all of us. It was like five people sitting on the couch. He goes, we're going to fumble the ball. What happens? Next play. A hike. Fumble. Going Dallas' way. Spencer called it before the game. He says, gets up, walks around, and says, I know this team, man. So much pain. I know this team. And he just sits there like shaking his head back and Listen, forth. Listen, it's not fun being a prophet and knowing how the Lions are going to lose every week. But when you do it for so long, you become very good at predicting how they're going to do it. There's tendencies, right? So they're like, you know, if a kicker ever has to step up for the other team from like anywhere from behind 55 yards, it's going in. So it doesn't he, matter Justin who the Tucker kicker hit 85 yarder, he'll do it, it. It wouldn't surprise me. If you are on the one yard line after barely missing it, it's a fumble, a thousand percent of the time. And if you need the Lions kicker to miss a. Uh... Five-yard field goal for the win. He can do it. He'll double-doink it. He can do it. He's like that. Or if you need to lead, <laughs> finally get a stop, and you need your offense to do something, you throw it right back to the defense, you know? <laughs> you just do what you got to do to lose. Some teams find ways to win. We find ways to lose. And we do it most dramatically every time. And I love it. I, I don't. Five. Why are you flashing five at me for? Because that's the amount of turnovers you guys had last week. No, that's fair. We did have a lot of turnovers. Didn't help that Amon Ra got hurt again. Um, we didn't have Swift. You no. know who did win? We have it's a bunch of plumbers. Cheese. We have a bunch of plumbers life. on our defense. You have Skipper, but he's on offense. It's Skipper's not been ideal, I'll say that. Hutchinson, though, that sack and a half, so. Woo! Do you something, know who uh, did win positive. this weekend? Who, who won? The Tennessee Titans. Take us through it. They beat the Colts. I mean, our defense just, we're back. The Indy mid Polis Colts. Yeah, the Colts really been a uh, mid. Really bad. Jonathan but, um, Taylor's been probably the worst number one overall pick in fantasy football yeah, in been, a long time. He's been hurt when he was played. He hasn't done that well. It's got to be like Peyton Hillis type stuff. Like, I made, love it. Made the cover of Madden and then just dipped. Never to be seen again. We won 19 I mean, he to still 10. He gets paid for that. Well, yeah. Well, I'd, I'd might dip too. <laughs> Matt Ryan, that game, went 33 for 44, 243 yards, one touchdown, and two interceptions. Sacked three times. And he got benched. Jonathan. He T did get benched. Jonathan Taylor, 10 carries, 58 yards, 5.8 average. It's pretty good. Receiving. Really good. Campbell, 10 receptions, 70 yards, 7 per average, one touchdown. Michael Pittman Jr., six receptions, 58 yards, 9.7 on average. Now for our Titans, we have a problem. 
you don't have how many uh receiver. how many how many yards did uh, Tannehill throw for Andrew might I ask he was 13 for 20 with 132 yards this is that's the problem <laughs> and a uh, question how many times did Derrick Henry run the ball 30 carries <laughs> 128 <laughs> yards, 4.3 on average. It is legitimately, you take, if the football is the game, you just hand it to Eric Henry every time. It's like, all right, bud. But go Ryan Tannehill's got injured that game. I heard his knee. Yeah, so now you have Malik Willis. Who will lead us to a dub over the Texans. The one showing he did have was the first drive, pick six, Bills. He did. He threw a touchdown on his first pass. Good for him. Yeah. That's what Let's Sam see. Darnold he did. He did dog. Sam Darnold did that against the Lions, and he beat us 41-17 to on Monday Night Football. So <laughs> Thanks, Matt I'm Patricia. You right, we had Derrick Henry run for 128 yards, and our best receiver had three receptions and 56 yards. Gotta love that. This is why you guys are going to fail. So Yeah, you can't have a quarterback this, almost have. This is what I'm getting deja vu, okay? So Matt, or no, sorry. Why would I say Matt? Ryan Tannehill is not Jalen Hurts, okay? He cannot run like him. He does not have the awareness. He had four attempts. He is not fast. He did. Six yards. <laughs> <laughs> four attempts, six yards. However, however, you guys are playing a run-first offense off of no RPO. You like The biggest thing that I'm getting from this team is the first half of last year's Eagles team where all you wanted to do was run the ball, it didn't matter where you were going to do it. It didn't matter how you were going to do it. You were going to give it to one person. Last year for the Eagles, that only person was Jalen Hurts. We didn't use Miles Sanders. We did, We barely used Boston Scott or Kenneth Gainwell. We didn't use any of our running backs, and we just used our one guy. Your one guy is Derrick Henry. It's working. He's a dog. For, it's working for He's right now. It's working for right now, but when you play the Indianapolis Colts, who are not really that good, they cannot score the, they can't score the ball. Okay, but who did you have winning that division? I had the Colts because I had Matt Ryan, you know, being a normal QB. If you have a normal QB. <laughs> Sam Ellinger is normal, maybe? <laughs> last year, if it wasn't Carson Wentz behind there, you throw Matt Ryan from last year into that offense. Probably competent. Yeah. They would probably be an 11-12 win team. They would act. They would win way more games with the Matt Ryan last year because Matt Ryan actually carried most of those Falcons wins. So how many uh, wins do you think the Titans are going to have this year? How many wins? I think they'll get 10. 10 and 7? I think I mean 10, that wins that division. Yeah, that that's why I think I think that that's a pretty good record. You guys will probably end up 10 and 7 with the 4 seed. See who else they've got on and their schedule. And then end up playing ah oh, jeez, who who else would you play? They've got you, Texans. You'd probably play the Chargers. They've got Texans, Chiefs, Broncos, Packers, Bengals, Eagles, Jaguars, Chargers, Texans, Cowboys, Jags. Yeah, we're going to run down your throat when we play. Yeah, I, I think that's a 10 and 7 feels reasonable, I would say. I really, I would. It might even be higher because a lot of these teams are bad. Yeah. Like the Packers are bad. The Broncos are bad. Texans are really so bad. Do you think we should pick up at least one competent receiver? I would say so. Maybe an AJ Brown type. Yeah, I don't know. So, guys. I mean, you drafted a guy like him and then he's done absolutely nothing but saved you guys cap space. We are now through week seven. Can look over our standings now. We're starting to get a better picture. You know, 17 weeks in the season, so we're about a third of the way through. It's pretty good. Who are we thinking is legit, and who are we like, what happened to you? I would say the Titans are legit to start off because they're first in the division. Real quick, win. real quick, real quick. Okay. You can finish. Eagles about, are for legit. Hey, 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 hey. Relax. I, I know I you want to rant about how good I your Eagles are. I have a product in place. you got to right. let me put the product what, What's the product? There. 
three contenders. Okay. Three pretenders. All right. Give each three. They can be reused teams. It doesn't really matter. You want to jump the gun so much, you go go first. You go first. Your world. We're all living in it. So my contenders. Eagles. Hate to say that. The Bills. And... The Giants. Whoa. I'm going to give them the contender tie. Whoa. (laughs) Whoa. Wow. He's going to throw it out there. Okay. Wow. Okay. Pretender. Tennessee Titans. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. It's not fun to admit that, but. (laughs) The Jets. Okay. And the Vikings. I'm pretty sure the Vikings are still first in their division. They're five and one. Yep. 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 They're like two games. Yep. NFC North's really bad. Because the Lions are in there. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. What you got? Hey, didn't you like the uh, thing I sent you on Snapchat the other day where it was like Bermuda Triangle NFL first round picks? They, <laughs> they go to die. It was like the the uh, Lions, the Browns, and the Bengals. But now the Bengals are actually good. Yeah, I thought yeah. that meme was really funny like seven years ago when I saw it for the first time. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Leave me alone, man. <laughs> I mean, the fact that it's still true is the worst part of it. So it makes me laugh still because I'm like, man, that still hasn't changed, has it? Okay. It's pain. All, All right, right, Dave. So. Oh, how did I forget? Never mind. Do you want to substitute a pick? Substitute. I want to add one. Uh, you can't. No. Okay, I'll substitute three. out the Giants. Okay. Bengals. Oh. And contender? You. I hate you. And contender? Yep. See. I'm in the majority with him. My f- really? My first one was going to be the Bengals, so I'm just going to really? get that out of the way. I, okay. I think the Bengals will. They're that's back, one, baby. That's one of my contenders. The Bengals. That's one of my contenders. Um, A second one? Oh, jeez. I'm going to go Chargers. Ooh. No. Yeah. No. Get. I'm, I'm going to go Chargers. Mm. And then... The four and three Chargers? Yes. Yeah. I'm going to go the four and three Chargers. I think they are contenders. They still don't have Keenan Allen. Once he gets back, it's going to be a scary team. Yeah, they haven't used him yet. And Austin Eckler is a beast. But Justin Herbert hasn't been that good this year. Because he has, like, broken ribs. Yeah. I don't want to hear it. He That's excuses. I still oh, think, yeah, it is. I still think the Chargers can actually be, like, competitors when they don't outbeat themselves. Yeah. And a third one, I'm saying the Jets. I think those are my three, com- like, competitors. I think those are some pretty, like, wild takes. Those but are... my, pretend- my if, pretenders if you, is pretty If big. you told me these... Before week one, I'd be like, what are you doing? What are <laughs> you talking about? Chargers. Oh. So you got Chargers, Bengals, and Jets? Yep. As I my, could, as my season, I could see the two, like the, the Bengals and the it's Chargers. It's unhinged. I'm just thinking as like week one before I would have been like, what? But it, yeah, but it, it's insane. <laughs> I could see the Bengals and Chargers. You take it right yeah. yeah, you take those teams right now. You take those teams right now because the Bills obviously are on top. So I don't like taking those teams that you know are going to be good. Jets are fifth in seeding right now at five and two. And They're the Chargers, back, baby. Chargers are six because of who they beat. Those two teams are right there, and the AFC North right now is in the Bengals and Ravens' side. So either way, it can go there. So Ooh. I, I don't think those are bad. Com- I, to me, I, are can, I see a lot of promise. I see a lot of promise. It just depends if those teams fall flat on their face. Three pretenders. Three pretenders. For me, the Broncos, obviously. 100%. 
You think they're pretending to be bad? Yeah, I mean, he's got a point there. You have so much promise in Russell Wilson. You put so much draft capital. I mean, what are they, two and so much. five? Two yeah, and five. Two and five. Two yeah, and five. so I don't think they're like pretenders. I think they're... I think they're, they're just they're, Yeah, and they're looking to ship Jer- Jerry Judy. They're pretenders. You're trying to trade him? That's what really? they're open to the trade talks. Wow. I feel like, uh, by the word pretender, it means teams that have really good records but are not going to be good. Okay. It's like the Broncos would be pretenders. What do you think, Spencer? I, okay. I would say above 500 teams that you think are fraudulent. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I, I think that's a little. So bit... I'll take that back. Okay. I'll, I'll take it back. I hate being that guy. I'm gonna put the Cowboys. As no, that's pretenders. fine. I yep. welcome that slander. I think the Cowboys are pretenders. Yep. Um. Full. Fully agree with it. The Rams are pretenders. And I also think the Falcons are pretenders. You oh, think the they're going to be even worse? Over 500? They're three and four. You think they're going to be even worse? I'll swap it. Bucks. No, you don't have to. They're first in the division. You yeah, don't have yeah to that's, that one that's the thing. They're first in the division. Yeah, them and the Bucks are tied for their division lead with three and four. Yeah, so I can go with either one. The fact that either of those teams, somehow they're going to win their first round matchup. I bet both of them, whoever makes it in, wins their first round. And I hope it's just it's, like the Seahawks in 2009. The Cowboys, and the Cowboys get How did I not say the Seahawks is a contender? What am I doing? Geno Smith's him. He's that is true. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you have so many op- like opened options. I took so many controversial ones. And but... I meant to say that the Ravens are pretenders. They're big pretenders. Really? No, they are. They are. You think the Ravens are? You know how many games they've blown this year where they've had They have a blown a lot of games. See, if you were to, if you were to tell me what teams are the best by quarterback and then just only play the games where the quarterbacks do the best, Give me the Ravens all day. Well, I wouldn't Ravens. even say they're first day. in their division. I'll get to my I'll get to my contenders. I wouldn't even say they're first some. in the division if that happens. They shouldn't be first in the division. I'm pretty sure they're tied right now with the Bengals. No, like if they have a lead where the, where the quarterback play just is how you get wins and losses. Yep. You know how you said the Ravens. You think Shisey's better than Lamar? I, yeah. I've seen so many rankings where they end up putting Dak Prescott, who uh, sucked week one and then didn't play for five weeks, higher than Jalen Hurts. And I'm not – like, I wild. hate being a biased person, but it's almost it's like – It's not biased. You're putting, you're putting Dak at eight? The list itself is biased. Dak had a horrible performance against the Lions. Yes. Yeah. Probably Aaron, should have been benched. And Aaron Rodgers hasn't yeah, done Cooper anything. Yeah, Cooper Rush in and, there. And that list, he was third. He was third. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers has been really bad this year. Yeah, recency bias is showing. What was, that, what was Tommy B at? Ta- Tom Brady? Yeah. Is that fourth? Yeah, that's ridiculous. Yeah, well, at least they have like receivers to throw to. I mean, that's Aaron Rodgers really doesn't have anybody. No, he has nothing. Allen Lizard, right? And Aaron Jones. <laughs> he's but that's good it. when he's open. He just has to get open. That's the problem. That's the problem. He's not a great route runner. <laughs> uh, for my three contenders, I'm gonna the Bills. Yep. I think the Bills are them. I think they win the whole thing. They're them. I do too. I think the Bills will win I, it all. Like I, right now, if. The Super Bowl started, I'm taking the Bills. Or the playoffs started, I'm taking the Bills through it. He's just – Josh Allen is just so, so good. Other one, Eagles. The Eagles are legit. They're 6-0. Besides the Steelers being that really fraudulent 11-0 and team, we all knew they were fraudulent yeah. and we were waiting for them to fail. The Eagles haven't really shown a sign of weakness. They've won close games. They've won in blowout. They don't play down to their competition. They only play up to their level. And I think that's what makes them super dangerous. My third contender. I'd be remiss if I don't give Patrick Mahomes more credit. Yep. Five and two, no one's talking about it. He's making an offense work without Tyreek Hill, which everyone thought was like, that's it. Mahomes is washed. They're gonna, hey, this what is the gonna... Dolphins record? Four, Four and three. three. And they have two of back. Yep. yep. 
Well, they were three and three without him, and then got him. All all wins have been with Tua. Yeah, none of the backups have. So who knows what they would have done? Contender. You think the Dolphins are contenders? I mean, with my pretenders, I'm taking. I'm taking the Cowboys because I hate them. Um, and also, again, I don't think they're like deep hatred. They're the third best team in their division right now, and they're five and two, which is hilarious. Yeah, I love it. It's amazing. I love it. Uh, speaking of the NFC, and the Commanders are back. The Commanders are back. The Giants are pretenders, huge pretenders. I don't understand. Like their offense is negative. That it doesn't. They have scored a 150 points this year, and I don't know how. Who's the New York Giants? I mean, I know I like them, but like they have Daniel Jones at QB. You and mean Saquon. Uh, you should know you lost him in Week One. You Oof. mean the uh, New York Saquon Barkley's? Well, th- this is fair. Danny Dimes out there dealing, so it is what it is. He's actually making, like, decent throws to his receivers. I was thinking that the other day. I was like, man, he makes good throws. And then I saw him throw 120 yards over his receiver's head, and I was like, all right, spoke too soon. (laughs) (laughs) Um, He's from Duke. (laughs) Not football school. And my last pretender, I'm going Dolphins. I'm just not convinced. Um, Hold on, I'll go Bengals. I I don't think the Bengals are like that. They have a great offense, but... If their offense isn't clicking, they're not good. There's a reason why they're one game over 500, and it's because Burrow had a really slow start, um, and he's getting sacked a lot. I feel like yeah. it really just depends on how their O line is. Well, that's the thing. But like, if your O line's bad at the beginning of the year and your QB's banged up all year, you're gonna lose you're games screwed, that you yeah. shouldn't at the end of the year. Yep. And I think that's what they're gonna run into. That's why Jalen Hurts, I think, is really well set up. That's why Josh Allen is really well set up. They're not taking Josh hits. Josh Allen's also 6'6 and can hurdle and deform people. Yeah, so he's, he he's more, he's more like because he can jump over. He's more likely to hurt someone at this point <laughs> because he's he's that big. Um, he's probably in my top three players I wouldn't want to have to try to tackle. Like Derrick Henry, Josh Allen. Um, DK Metcalf. And, uh, DK doesn't catch the ball. so um, Probably Geno Smith. Guy's fast. He's, he's fast, he's him, and he scares yeah. me. Um, but yeah, I think that kind of wraps up our NFL talk oh, we on about how the Commanders are back. Now we don't care about the Commanders here. Tyler, the NFC beast. Let's move into the UFC. You would have told me that in 2020, I would have lost my mind. <laughs> <laughs> NFC or sorry, UFC. Apologies. This is not my area of expertise. No, it's not. It could have been if you'd watched it, but you didn't. You didn't come and wake me up. Well, you were sleeping you at like twelve o'clock. Actually, you success. were sleeping at twelve this is o'clock. Your problem. I was up, but this is your I problem. I was doing. It, was a sa- it was that Saturday, right? Yeah, yeah. You rely on other people for your success, and then when it doesn't happen, you blame those people. You should wow, blame it's getting kind of personal. No, I don't. It's getting a little personal now. We're we're gonna I'll, I'll, we're I'll gonna step step away from I'll the mics here, everyone. Hey, I love you. you we're talking about fighting. We are not going to fight. <laughs> we don't have an octagon built, but we should. That would be really fun. I think that. Octagons would be very helpful in a lot of situations. We'll start with the prelim main event because we talked about this one a little bit. Sean Brady versus Bilal Muhammad. Brady looking to continue his unbeaten streak, and Bilal looking to keep his win streak alive. One had to. One had to end. One had to end, and it was the prospect Sean Brady, who sadly was destroyed. Bilal Muhammad, the most boring fighter on the face of the earth, won by vicious knockout. I was shocked. I sat in confusion for many minutes, uh, <laughs> contemplating what had just happened. My group chat was blowing up. Uh, Brady, to his credit, didn't look bad. Uh, he got a little winded. He got rocked a couple times, and then Bilal landed that really nice hook on his chin, and that was uh, lights out, which 
Bilal's put on some really good performances. You think he? Uh, what do you think of the fight? First off, I didn't get to watch much of the prelim. Okay, it was basically those three that we were talking about. Okay, so like the last three, you'd say. Right. Okay, so I can so I, I'll run through the other ones. Yeah, I mean you can rant. You can rant on those. Yeah. Um, do we think Bilal gets into the title shot picture? He's the fifth ranked. It just took out an undefeated. He's on a ten fight win streak now, or something oh, crazy geez. like that. Or no, he's on a. Or might be like an unbeaten streak since he technically had that no decision because of the eye poke against Leon Edwards. Yeah. Who's now the champ. So it's not because, again, it sounds like they're going to run Leon uh, Usman too. And then it sounds like they want to do Kamzat Colby on the same card. That's going to cause some chaos. Yeah. Well, they, Colby Chaos Covington is his nickname for a reason. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like it. It's really interesting. Bilal's put himself in a good spot. You're coming off of a good knockout against a good fighter. He's looking at maybe a Gilbert Burns fight, maybe, title shot after that. Do, or do you just throw him into the title picture? I think you should at least throw him, like— Throw him a top number four. one Number one competitor. I think you deserve that. Oh, yeah. Um, Gilbert Burns should also have a shot, too. I think the winner of this should end up facing the champ. So, so you think that a, a burn, a hypothetical Burns Bilal gets title shot? Yes. Okay. I think it should, because Gilbert Burns is a scary human being when he connects on a punch. <laughs> Same thing with Nganu. Yeah, and... that that Kamzat Burns fight is one of my favorites, just because those dudes were just throwing. <laughs> it was they just insane. Didn't care. They just didn't care. They... That, that's the scary part about that. <sighs> those guys are nuts. So then we move into the main card: Manon Faroe versus Caitlin Chukagian. Went three rounds, went two decision, but the prospect here prevails. Manon mm-hmm. Faro. I was I was telling you, dude. You do she's not. a dog. Yeah, she's a dog, and probably gets the next title shot. Uh, Chikagian was the number one contender in the women's flyweight division. And cooked her. She got cooked. Yeah. <laughs> um, which at the end of the day, though, we're talking about uh, you're fighting Valentina Shevchenko. Um, so <laughs> you may have cooked the number one contender, but you're talking about like level 100 mafia boss as the champ (laughs) she's a dog i'm really looking forward to see what manon can do though um she's excellent excellent on the feet uh it'll be really interesting though if she does end up getting taken to the ground um when she inevitably fights shevchenko if she's able to get off of the ground (laughs) um she's been 14 seconds of control and that was it yeah that i mean really these ladies did not grapple a lot it was just a lot of uh Stand and toss. Which honestly, like if you start, if you start watching the UFC with this fight, this is all you would. You'd be like, "Why are we not turning on boxing?" Like, yeah, this is literally the exact same sport. Yeah, and then you throw on Sterling and Dillashaw. And you're like, <laughs> oh, that is way different. That's for, okay. So I I saw the same picture that you saw. He's from Houston. Jalen Hurts. Jalen, how does Hurts. that make you feel? So he's supporting the Astros. I think it's a win-win for him. How do you go against your own hometown team? Like, yeah, that, that's a tough situation to be in. I think he should just go for Philly, and then if Houston wins, and he's like, they're my hometown. my hometown. There you go. Woo. That's a smart play. Like, should be like cheer with his family if Houston wins, but then go with the whole city of Philadelphia. He yeah. Should be, he should be allowed to root for who he wants to root for, but you know how Philly sports fans are. That's I can, true. Yeah, like diehard, diehard, like from Philadelphia, they'll be pissed at him. They'll be really upset at him. Right, but then if he wins you a Super Bowl, everyone should shut up. 
All right, right back exactly. back to back to UFC. Alec here. Boom. Stop stop derailing the conversation here, Andrew. <laughs> you Sorry, had your time, man. and we gave you it. Benil Dariush. Matt says Gamay or uh, Gamrat. Sorry. Uh, what names? Yeah, this uh, Gamrat's from yeah, you thought Poland. Yeah, Benil Dariush is from Iran. He fights out of the U.S. Yeah. though. Uh, this one had some of the best grappling transitions I've ever seen. Uh, these guys are just rolling around doing somersaults for like the first four minutes of the first round. Um, I know that Rogan would have had a field day if he was on the uh, commentary desk for this one. A really, really good fight. Um, Dariush ends up prevailing by decision. He is now also in the title picture. He's on a super long win streak. I can't remember exactly how long it is. Um, and we can talk about it after we talk about the Oliveira Islam fight. But Dariush, I would say, is in the title picture. Great, great grappler working off of his back. And also demonstrated his uh, his up-and-coming hands, I would say. No, dude knows how to throw. And to Gamrat's credit, he stood and was willing to. Uh, also tried to take him down 19 times and only succeeded four times. So Dari, <laughs> trying to take down a black belt in jiu-jitsu is really difficult. Um and I think he found out the hard way. Yeah. Because <laughs> almost every single time he tried, he ended up just getting... He got sh- stuffed. Yeah. Now we move into the kind of the holy trinity from this card, I would say. Uh, the fights everyone was looking forward to. Piotr Jan, Sean O'Malley at featherweight. And this one was marred in some controversy. Did you watch the whole fight? I watched... Oh, jeez. It was like a little bit of a skimmed version. Okay. They all went ended up going back and forth, which we knew yeah. that was going to happen. Um, <laughs> Jan with eight takedowns and then still didn't get the majority blows me away. So do you think the judges made the wrong decision? It being that close. To clarify, Sugar won on split decision right. 29-28. No, I don't think it was really that wrong of a decision because of how close it was. If they were seeing a blowout with Sean, that's where it's like, oh, hold on, do you want to see what just happened over here? Because hmm. it wasn't like the amount of total strikes, Jan ended up landing more. And he threw less. The only difference was that the significant strikes that Sugar Show threw was about 26 more. So, like, yeah. you saw way more. And he also landed 63 to the head, which you're going to get a lot of more points if you land that many blows. And Sean rocked him a couple times. He yeah. sat him down. Well, I mean, he also got rocked, too. Oh, yeah, yeah. It Not taking anything away from Piotr. But, like... To com- it, it depends the type of judges and how they view a control of a round. Yeah. Because on my scorecard, like, you know, just the one keeping at home, I had <laughs> Piotr winning rounds one and two, and then I had Sean decisively winning round three. Not yeah. a 10-8, but Piotr had, like, six minutes of control time in the first two rounds. Mm-hmm. I Like, I don't know how – for me, round one was a toss-up. The Sean was close with it, but Piotr was landing stuff and got him on the ground. Um, Round two was nowhere near. I thought that was decisively Piotr. I thought Sean won three. Um, so, yeah, I guess it does come down to who you had for round one. Um, but I really thought that Piotr won, and Piotr did too. Uh, he's now talking about leaving the UFC wow. uh, as he feels the judging decisions are um, lackluster, to say the least. Mm. So I, I think that's a really interesting development. Um, it would be a shame to see a guy of Piotr Jan's caliber leaving uh, the organization. But Sugar Sean, up to the one spot, probably a title shot next, I would say. Should be. And uh, No? He's, I think he gets it just because he's the prospect. 
It's kind of like Kamzat. The yeah. fact that Kamzat's fighting Colby is kind of surprising to me, but, you know, it is what it is. Yeah, you're going to give it to the guys who know the head of the UFC. Yeah. I mean, when you're friends with Connor and you're friends with Khabib, <laughs> you're going to get connections like that. True. We'll get to the Khabib con- connection in just a second, but first, connecting it to the bantamweight division, belt fight between Sterling and TJ. And right off the bat, you could tell something was uh, going wrong. Uh, Dillashaw gets ankle-picked and thrown to the ground, and his shoulder pops out of socket and lays there and just gets demolished. <laughs> it, the total strikes ended 148 for Aljamain and 13 to TJ. <laughs> Aljamain had seven minutes of control time. <laughs> oh, my God. And it, it was a re- it, like it is a shame that TJ came in because I guess it was something that he was dealing with in camp. Um, he, he just didn't. didn't wanna... He just didn't want to cancel the fight. Wow. Um, so props to him for going on, but he got obliterated uh, and ended up getting TKO'd on punches. But yeah, Sterling could... oh, looked. Oh my! Yeah. Yeah, he got beat up. He couldn't even move his left arm. No, no, it was just hanging there. <laughs> no, it it was literally just hanging there. He couldn't do anything. Which I again, I feel awful for. You work this hard. You want to be able to fight for that belt in prime condition. And unfortunately, he just wasn't able to. But Sterling, to his credit made him his son yeah um and that's what champs do you know you can't give him any sort of chance because dillashaw still has his right hand uh mm. which is plenty powerful uh ask cody garbrandt but finally the main event this was just depressing in my opinion uh islam brings it home against chuck olives uh, and becomes the new champ he submitted him with an arm triangle in the second round after knocking him down and He's Islam just looks unstoppable. He just does. I don't know. Like, I mean, he took down the champ that easy. He, he was really, a really good yeah. on his back. Yeah, it's not like Charles is some bum. No, he's not just a striker that only boxes. Like Charles's whole thing is grappling, and got whooped. Yeah, five minutes of control time for Islam. Got out grappled. I'm I'm telling you, dude, it's those outside U.S. people that just <laughs> now I. I... I mean, when you're coming uh, from Khabib's camp yeah. of wrestlers yeah. and you're the guy that beats Khabib in camp is what people have been saying for the last three years, you might be doing something right. Right. And then it translates a lot, too. When you go 22-1. and one. Uh, And now, with Islam as champ, there's a lot of talk about who you bring to fight him. I think this is where you enter Dariush, who won earlier on this card. Dariush was supposed to fight Islam on a main event back in... March, I think. They were supposed to fight earlier this year anyway. Um, the fight fell out. I think Dariush got hurt. But now Islam is champ. Dariush is coming off a win. Right. Do you think the UFC is willing to let two grappling guys fight for the belt again? Because I would say Olives and Islam was supposed to be kind of a strike or a grappling fest. And then it, even, it really wasn't. Right. Well, because Charles is so willing to exchange hands because his whole thing is he powers up when he almost gets knocked out. Mm-hmm. Uh, the problem is that most guys don't jump on him and then submit him immediately. Yeah. Like Poirier, Poirier wasn't going to do that. Chandler wasn't going to do that. Well, Chandler could have. Um, he just, he just yeah, got he... clobbered. Um, <laughs> he tried going for it and then lost his chance. Yeah. Great bad. fight. Great fight. One of the greatest moments of the year, I would say. But yeah, so Belt changes hands in the lightweight division with Islam Makachev taking it and Aljamain Sterling keeping it in bantamweight. His second defense now under his belt. I think or, it'll keep going. Do you think he continues it? Do I you mean, think he beats Sugar? I think he mops him. See, we also thought that Jan was going to mop Mally. At least you Fair. thought. Fair. 
I definitely did. I, there were a lot of people that thought Jan was going to mop him. I thought Dillashaw and Sterling was going to be way more closer. Um, Again, it, it just yeah, he's hurt. shoulder. Yeah. yeah, but it also sucks to put it on there. Like champs are going to do what champs do, and yeah. they'll take advantage of it. Mm-hmm. I mean, if he can't defend himself, yeah, I'm going to take him to the ground <laughs> and punch him with my left hand. How are you going to defend that? You can't, because <laughs> really Aljamain, like, uh, I think at one point, uh, Dillashaw kind of, like, got it back into place, yeah. and Sterling immediately just grabbed it and started yanking on it again. Wow. Listen, if there's an advantage in the fight game, people take it. Yeah. If you recognize a dude as her, I mean, you know, we were at the, uh, Andrew and I were at the Inner Squad Wrestling uh, for yep. Eureka this past weekend, and one of our guys was a little dinged up, and the guy he was wrestling with just... He sees the opportunity. He and knew he, he couldn't see, he defend with his. Yeah, he knew he couldn't defend with his left arm. Yeah. So he's like, "All right, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna go for it." Yeah. Make it work. All right, guys. We're on the clock. We're drafting now. It's iconic moments time. Oh man! Oh, iconic man. sports moments. Oh, oh man! And ideal draft, I will say. Um, I'm willing to even go as far as to say we do five rounds. Because uh, I think that a Let's lot of us are going to have similar it. moments, hopefully. Um, let me just pull up uh, my spin-the-wheel generator. Um, are we doing another snake draft? Yes. Yeah. Um, let's see. All right. I'm going to throw everyone's name in twice just so that the wheel's kind of a little bit more spread out. All right. So... First pick in the Iconic Moments draft will be me. Ooh, give me number two. Let's take a gander. Spinner again. I need that dose. I need that dose spot. Give me number two again. David. Yes. Three spot for Andrew. All right. That's fine. Let's let's pull this up. Some two-minute drill in here. (laughs) Let's, let's see how long David can rant for today. <laughs> All right. Uh, I mean, I'm not. I won't be heated, so I won't. All be. right. This is a big moment. Number one spot. I'm curious what you're. Oh gonna my think. goodness! There's so many. Like, I'm just trying to think of all the sports highlight videos I've watched, and like which ones stand out <laughs> to me the most. Um. Number one spot. For me. It's going to be the Miracle on Ice. Ooh. Okay. I this didn't is, know if we were going to get any hockey ones. Uh, That's the best moment. <laughs> this is That's an overpowering thing. a moment that I, I did not get to experience as I wasn't alive for it. Um, but being able to read how this just wasn't supposed to happen. No, it wasn't. This is, this is, these are collegiate. That movie was great. I haven't seen the movie. Um, this is a U.S. team that is college kids. We're playing the Russian professionals these guys are dudes that are in the nhl were they in the nhl um some of them i i don't know how the nhl worked but i'm pretty sure they were if they allowed them into i just the know NHL. that america like the u.s didn't allow professionals to compete for their team but i yeah. think other countries did yeah um so then yeah they were all in the nhl like every single one of them and the united states comes into that you know as huge underdogs and somehow, again, pull off the Miracle on Ice, which, to be fair, and people kind of forget, that was only the semifinal. That was just to get to the gold medal game, was beating the USSR. And they did it. And then they won the gold medal. And 
what makes what seals the deal for me on this moment, and again, I'm biased because I do broadcasting. Al Michaels' call with the crowd chanting down the time and him going, do you believe in miracles? Yes, as the buzzer goes off, is chills. It made me cry the first time I ever heard it. It's cinema. It, like, there's a reason why they made a movie out of it. Oh, 100%. Because it is a movie. That is a mo- movie moment that, that happened in real life. That is a great first pick. That, that, like, again, Miracle on Ice for me, best sports moment ever. Wow. Yeah, that's going to be really hard to top. Um, you definitely did not just steal one of David's top fives. You didn't. You didn't. I saw it. I haven't looked too much into that. I need to. I need to oh, it's an outstanding movie. story. Yeah. The movie's even better. I, I think mean, it's on Disney Plus. It is. Yeah, because yeah. uh, I think I could give another movie. That's Kurt on. Russell's the coach, isn't he? Yep. Yeah. I think I could go with another sport sport moment that uh. You think this got itself... per- surpasses mine? Uh, I mean, probably in like movie records, maybe. Okay. Um, we're gonna go with the number two overall pick. Jackie Robinson breaking the color barrier, Ooh, the first game one. that he ended up coming in. Um, we all know the story. Jackie Robinson made a four-year hiatus, not even playing professional baseball at all. Was a four-star athlete at UCLA where he did track, football, basketball, and baseball. Dude's a dog. He, he, was, <laughs> he was a national athlete for hurdles. He was a – I think he was a second-team conference for basketball. Got over 1,000 rushing yards in football. And at UCLA, he batted 090. That was his worst sport. Fun fact. You want to know his worst sport at UCLA? It was baseball. Took wow. a four-year hiatus fighting in a war that he didn't really have rights in in the first place. And he comes back, ends up getting signed by the Brooklyn Dodgers for a minor league deal. Everybody, even on his own team, hates him, doesn't want him here. He breaks out anyways, plays first base, goes through injuries, the amount of remarks, the racial slurs that he gets – and he becomes a Hall of Famer in 10 years, not only for breaking the color barrier, but in that 10-year span being one of the best players of all time. It was movie-worthy as well. His demeanor, what he brought with this sport, over half of the players that you see in the MLB right now, along with the NFL and the NBA, wouldn't have happened if Jackie Robinson didn't start this out. For me, easy number two pick, Jackie Robinson. It's a great pick. It's a great pick. Ooh, I don't know how do you how do you follow that up? You got two picks coming up though. I know it's hard, man. You can it's make hard. Up a lot right there. How about? Uh, let me let me look here. I have one of mine, but I don't know. It's definitely not going to top any of that. <laughs> like not even close. You gotta have faith. <sighs> you gotta have faith. You gotta trust yourself. And again, these can be moments that are specific to you, uh, like as a fan. Lou Gehrig's speech. Oh, okay. That's a good one. That is a good one. I consider myself the luckiest man on the face of the earth. That speech is amazing, and it has so much um, impact throughout the years. People still play it. Like, you think that blows my mind? Is your roommate walked in the other day, and that was playing, and I said, hey, his name, what is this from? Well, you can say your roommate considers yourself a big baseball guy. Yeah. And he was like, yeah, I don't know. I was like, are you kidding me right now? That shocked me. That shocked me, too. Uh, again, great video. And I'll, I'll plug it, honestly. I, I really will. Look up Greatest Sports Moments on YouTube. Uh, it's WTD Productions, 30 minutes. It's the best sports video on YouTube. Swear. 
It's the best one. It has literally anything and everything. But no, that was back to you. That's my most, my first most iconic sports moment. Here's my second most: Alabama, Auburn, the kick six, the kick six. Just the call. You know the call better than I do. And the fans going crazy. Auburn's gonna win the football game. That goes so hard. It was such an iconic sports moment. You see that in every, every uh, iconic sports moment clips, out there. Yeah. The kick six. I mean, it also it, it also helps that everybody wants to see Alabama fail. So when they fail in that fashion, it it blows up by three. Oh yeah. We saw it two weeks ago when Tennessee ended up winning. Yeah. They took down their own field goal post. <laughs> and threw it in the river. <laughs> <laughs> they completely trashed their own field. Why? Because they beat all, Alabama. Alabama lost in a way. Roll Tide. Roll yeah. Tide. But no, just how often do you see that? Never. You, don't. you, you don't. never see a field goal short and in play taken all the way back for how many yards is that? Like 110 109. yards? 109. The exactly. maximum. Yes. That is the maximum length of, like, that is the furthest you can score a touchdown. Back. That is insane. Chris Davis is going to take it out of the back of the end zone. You can say this. You'll run it out to the 10. 15, 20, 25, 30, 35, 40, 45, 50, 45. There goes Davis. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Davis is going to run all the way back. Oh, going to win the football, football game. It's, uh, again, like you said, that's probably my favorite radio call of all time. Uh, but, like, if I can make a call half as good as that, I'll be a happy man. That's that's poetry. Rod, like, again, rest in peace to Rod Bramblett, who made that call. He got killed in the car crash a couple years ago, I think. Uh, but his call on the miracle in O'Hare, I think is what they call it, uh, their QB throws it down the field, and George, they're playing Georgia. Both their cornerbacks jump for it, tip the ball up in the air, and it lands perfectly in the wide receiver's hands that had overrun the route, who runs it in for a touchdown. I've seen that. And then the kick six happened the next game. <laughs> pretty good Pretty good uh, two weeks if you're an Auburn fan, I yeah. think. <laughs> All right, David. Second pick, what you got? I forgot it was me. Oh, jeez. Honestly, the entirety of the 2017 NBA Finals Game 7. Actually, it was 2016. It was 2016. Golden State versus Cleveland. Is that when Cleveland came back from 3-1? That was 100% the game. Um, before this, nobody in sports history has ever came back from a 3-1 deficit in the big game. Um, and honestly, everybody had doubts. I mean, you had the 70, 73 and nine best overall team, like in history of the Golden State Warriors, MVP, Stephen Curry, just completely going ballistic, not in that finals. Um, but when you have LeBron literally doing it all on the court, you have the entire, like the entire city of Cleveland hating him before because he left won with the heat came back, said, I promise you, I'm going to get you a championship. Ends up getting it done. Huge block on Andre Iguodala, and then ends up with Kyrie hitting that game winner. That entire post post game interview just sealed that moment in. Cleveland, this is for you. You guys, this is for you. Second overall pick. Great pick. I have mine pick already ready. Wow. All right. You, you got to hope I don't take it. I don't think you will. This is out of left field. All right. My first pick. I play left field. So let's see. This these two. Uh, so my second pick is going to be the second leg of the 2013 FA Cup between Watford and Leicester City. I know nothing about that. 
This is uh, so basically the way the FA Cup works. Uh, it's between two of the uh, two English clubs. Basically, um, they play through all divisions. So you know how there's like multiple divisions in it. It's like you have your Premier League, but then there's the Championship, then there's Second League. Like it goes all the way down. So you can fight your way all the way up if you want to. But these are two. Uh, I think they're both Premier League sides at this point. Um, so the first leg you play, uh, and Watford goes down one zero. So you play two times, you play once at home, once away. So they lose on the road uh, 1-0. So they come back to their place, and they have to win the next game by by one. Or no, you have to win it by two. You have to win by two because you're on aggregate is what they call it. Yeah. So they get into the extra time. So stoppage time, you know, if there's guys laying on the field, they add time to the end of the game. Uh, they give They concede a penalty. There's a tackle in the box. And PK? a PK, PK for Leicester City, so chance it's it's tied on aggregate right now. It's two two. The keeper saves the first the initial kick. It ricochets back to the the taker, who kicks it again, and the goalie clears it again. So two, he saves it twice. It's in the ninety sixth minute at this point. They clear it down the sideline. They catch a guy. Uh, let's see. I'm trying to remember the name. Uh, I think it's Forestieri is the guy that gets it on the the sideline. He goes all the way down the field, crosses it in. Hog heads it back to the guy trailing. Dine scores, and it's just mayhem. Uh, let me try to find the clip for you guys, just so you. No, oh, I have it pulled up already. Sorry. Um, just give me a second to look this over. Uh, it's. I can't see it, David. Yeah, uh, it's just one of the most incredible moments ever. Uh, this is something that like soccer is huge in England, right? And being able. How to, long ago was this? This was in 2013. The ability, a, to just be able to con- maintain your head and composure to save the ball not once but twice, pass the ball down the sideline, have your guy make a perfect pass, another perfect pass, and then score. And then running into the crowd with your shirt off seals the deal. It's one of the most, the purest forms of like just joy I have ever seen. He he scores and just it's it's over. Place is going crazy, and it's it's a beautiful beautiful thing. It's why I love sports so much because it it just it has moments like these that are just incredible. That was insane. Yeah, and it's even crazier like. The more I've watched the sport, the more I'm like, this that shouldn't happen. It was it was insane. I don't know how it did, but it did. Um, so that's my second round pick. My third round pick. Oh, there's so many. I want to steal some right now, but I don't think you'll you'll come up with the one I'm thinking of. I think you guys will laugh at me for taking mine. I'm gonna take one that's personal to me. Uh, this came from. It's definitely gonna be a Michigan, isn't it? It is a Michigan one. Oh, there's two Michigan ones I can do now. Uh, this one specifically. This also came in 2013, funny enough. Um, Michigan-Kansas. Eight seconds left. Trey Burke's got the ball, top of the key, catches a screen, and hits a 40-footer over their seven-foot center to tie the game and send it to OT. Uh, this, I would say that was the most excited I've ever been besides the Jordan Poole buzzer beater against Utah in 2018. Ooh, it was really close. That was a good one. It's really close. Um, now he's on the Warriors. How does that make you feel? Fine. Yeah, you want a ring. Yeah, he did. Who do you, who were they playing when he won a ring? Celtics. Uh, but at the end of the day, Trey Burke hit 
one of the nastiest shots. That was something one of my buddies was over at the time. I just remember jumping off the couch and jumping up and down. Um and just like I was going crazy. I'd never seen like that was a moment I fell in love with basketball, I think, was seeing your favorite team hit a buzzer beater is just it's something that it's really hard to replicate what that feels like. Um in any sport really. Because it's it's the idea that there there's nothing left. Like it's a Hail Mary, essentially. Um, but they happen a little bit more often than Hail Marys, I'd say. Um, oh, 100%. Yeah, but to me, it was just that moment of, man, th- this basketball thing's pretty sweet. Uh, I could definitely watch more of this. Um, and, now, and now I get to call games. Uh, and I called my first buzzer beater last year. Um, so being able to like grow up watching that moment specifically, uh, and that was also what sealed my fandom as a Michigan fan. Uh, I started rooting for him the year before. Uh, with like guys like Stu Douglas uh, and Zach Novak, um, and then you, they got good. They were really good, and Trey Burke hit that shot, uh, and that's why I, the number three I try to get. If I play sports, I wear number three for Trey Burke because he hit that three. So that's my pick, uh, Michigan versus Kansas in 2013 in the round of 32, I believe, Trey Burke's three. Uh, I believe it's David up next. Yeah. Well, it's really hard to follow that up. Um especially yours. See, this is what I enjoy in sports is complete mayhem, exactly what you were saying um, with that soccer pick. This entire pick is going to be mayhem. Um, I am picking the wild card round in 2016, Cardinals versus Packers, the entire fourth quarter and overtime. I'm not, I don't think you have seen this. You might have. I think you will recall. Um, in the wild card round, the Packers are ending up lose like they're down twenty oh. to thirteen at this point. They're down twenty to thirteen, and they have six seconds left. Actually, no, they have about twenty three, and they are at their own twenty. Aaron Rodgers, this is where he literally became God with the <laughs> hail mary. Um, twenty six seconds left, no timeouts. He ends up sending a streak. I forget who catches the ball. It doesn't really matter at this point. I know it's the same tight end that caught the touchdown, but is it Richard Rodgers? It was. It was. Richard Rodgers catches. I'm like that. He catches both. Okay, so he ends up running a streak. I don't know how he was wide open for this one. <laughs> he only had a defender on him, but it was a safety on the back half. Throws a complete 40-yard missile running to the left. Aaron Rodgers is right here and just completely chucks it. And in this case, Cardinals were the three seed with a 13-3 and record. Mayhem. This was Mayhem. I don't know how this happened. <laughs> don't know at all. <laughs> this might have been like the biggest snubbing of a first round buy I've ever seen in my life. But thirteen and three, and you're the three seed, insane. But it gets it done. Aaron Rodgers rolling to the left, shucks it forty yards. Richard Rodgers holds it in at the forty-five. At this point, there's like fifteen seconds left. They're going in, trying to s- spike it. They get it to eight seconds. Now you're forty-five yards away. No timeouts. So you in his range. Yep. In his. Obviously, in his range, we really didn't see it before. And this man, for some reason, rolls to the left again, completely chucks it. The odds of Richard Rodgers coming down with this ball again, I think, was under 1% because there was four Cardinal players up there. And they all jumped. The only one that high-pointed it, Richard Rodgers, brings it in, kicks the extra point, go into OT. This is where it becomes absolute chaos. <laughs> absolute chaos. Because at this point, Larry Fitzgerald doesn't have a ring. 
everybody is wanting him to succeed. This is his show. They get to the 20. They end up throwing some type of slant pass to Larry Fitzgerald. It might have been a screen, one of the two. This dude breaks seven tackles. Seven tackles of the Green Bay Packers defense, which was basically elite at, at this point. Mm-hmm. They, were, they were really good at tackling in 2016. and <laughs> What happened? Couldn't do it. They couldn't do it. Gets them down to the, about the three-yard line after making just about 50 yards after the first touch. And, of course, how to end the game. You send Larry Fitzgerald on a motion into a quick pitch into him. Reaches over. End zone. Touchdown. Tire the entire state of Arizona just went ballistic. <laughs> it it was one of the greatest postseason plays I've ever seen in my life. One of the most back and forth emotions because for the Cardinals, you almost think you have this sealed. You blow it up, and Larry goes, "Never mind, <laughs> I got this for you." Lays it down all on the line. Number three pick, going that game. It's a good one. Really Real got good. me into football. Real good one. Really got me into football. Andrew, two picks in a row, back-to-back. What you got? 1988 Winter Olympics. Okay. Cool runnings. All right. Come on, Jamaica. We got a bobstud team. Tell me any of you guys saw that coming. I did not, but that's a, <laughs> that is a fantastic pick. When I hear that the, is a great yeah, pick. When I hear Olympics, I, I just think of 36. I, I was not expecting that. Sanka, no, you did? Was. Yeah, man. That's a great pick. Nobody was thinking that. Wow. I was just like. That's a good one. I was like, I wonder what would be a good one that would catch them off guard. That's a really good one. Nobody is thinking of that. No. It's such a great movie. It is a great movie. It's a great moment. Yeah. Where where do you see ice in Jamaica? Well, that's the whole thing. Exactly. (laughs) You don't. (laughs) Ice. (laughs) That's such a good one. That was such a good one. Never even crossed my mind. All right. Anything else from it? Um, not really. I just wanted to go with that one because I I really love that moment moment. Even though I wasn't alive for it, but that was a great movie. <laughs> great movie. You got another one to go for. I do got one more. You're at pick number four now. What you feeling? Game six. All right. 2011. Yep. That's World going Series. Off my list. I was gonna use something. <laughs> yeah, were. Just the entire game. Okay, get down in the ninth inning. Down by two. What was it? Five to. Th- Three or six to four? Um, let's see. Let's see. You were down six to four. Yeah, six to four. And your, Freeze your comes savior. Up. Yep. Well, so Pujols leads off with a double. I believe somebody walks. And I know there's there's a one out. And then Craig steps up. Craig Alan Craig strikes out. So you got the runners on first and second. David Freeze steps up. Strike one, strike two. Natalie Feliz, great year in 2011. Great mm-hmm. year for the Rangers. Got him 0-2. Nelson Cruz, the right fielder for the Rangers, takes a few steps in because it's reported that he wants to go celebrate with his teammates. I don't know if you guys saw that. I did And he's not that. a good fielder as it is. No. <laughs> David Freeze belts one off the wall over his head, which probably is caught if he's back in normal depth. Probably. Even as a bad fielder. Probably. You would hope. Yes. <laughs> Misses his glove by about four inches on the jump. Hits off the wall. Gets by him. Two-run score. I remember vividly Albert Pujols crossing home plate and going, waving the runner around. Yep. And they both score. Boom. Lance Berkman. 
Yep, I'm getting there. I'm getting it. It was well, Lance Berkman. That was the guy that scored. Lance Berkman. Yep. Because it was you. You were right. It was uh, Pujols double, Berkman walk, and Craig then, strikeout. Yep. And then freeze. Okay, so and then, tenth rules round. Josh what? Hamilton steps Ooh. up. Bob, this is a solo home run, I believe. Is it two run? Yes. Two run home run. Okay, so we're down. What would that be? Eight to six, correct? Seven nine. Seven nine. What was it seven nine? Okay. And then you have John Jay step up in the bottom half. He gets on. My favorite Cardinal player of all time. You forgot the first batter for that. Who was it? Daniel Descalso single. And then, and John... then John Jay gets on. And then yep. two back-to-back outs. Yep. I think we had a pitcher bat that inning, did we not? Yeah, Kyle, Kyle Loesch. Loesch. He laid down a bunt. Yep, sack bunt. <laughs> That's and then insane. Then Ryan Terrio ter- grounded out. Descalso scored. Yep. That's why I was only thinking it was one. Yep. Because all I see is Lance Berkman well, you an missed. absolute rope into center field, and Jay scores. You called that a rope? It was It was a little— It was a little I, bloop I, shot. I thought it was a rope. I uh, I want you to find that clip and rewatch it because it's a bloop. It's it's one of the two. It, 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 was, just, it was just a little stinker. stinker right over the second base. Because I thought it was a liner because it only— It was bounced. a liner. But yeah. it, it was just like—it didn't look—it wasn't particularly hit hard. Yeah. It was just a little— it dropped. It wasn't him. a rope. It was it was a liner. It was yeah. a line drive. We'll yeah. say that. Yeah. One hops to the center fielder. Comes up chucking. John Jay scores. We tie the game up. Oh, not to mention there was two strikes on Berkman when he hit that. We were down to our last strike twice. David Freeze comes up the next half inning. We will see you tomorrow night. As David Freeze hits a walk off in the center field, throws his helmets between his legs, crosses home plates. Hometown hero. And we go on to win game seven, like seven to three. I can't tell you how many times I've done that helmet toss between the legs. Such a good one. It's such a good, like, again, like, it's one of those pure joy moments. But, like, I remember as a kid after that happened, anytime I was playing baseball, at like, by myself, you know, I'd go out and pretend I was in the World Series or whatever. Anytime there's a home run I'm hitting, it's the helmet spike between the legs and then jumping onto home plate. Because it was just... It's How such do you a good feel moment. about having to go to bed during that? Not good. We don't. We're, we don't have to bring that up. Uh, I remember that. It's crushing. But I do have the very specific memory of running downstairs the next day, and then getting on the computer to see who won, and then watching the highlights of it. And that was an incredible moment. Like I remember that. That's burned into my memory. I, I remember have, exactly I, where I was. I have a really good memory from that. I'm sure you do. Watching it yeah. live. Well, that and um, <laughs> my I believe. My sister had her friends over, and they were staying out in our camper out in our driveway watching mm-hmm. the game. We were in the house. We run out there, and we go celebrate with them. We run back in. It's insane. David Freeze was the man. He was the man. For that one run, whew, watch out. All right, David, back to you. All right. Are we only doing four or five rounds? Five. 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 We're doing five. I this, one more. This is very important because my last one I'm going to save because I don't think you guys will use it. Smart. Um. I hope you say it. But this one, I'm going to keep it with baseball, and we're going to go 2016 Game 7. This and Roger Davis. Obviously, you guys are going to hate it. I know you guys will. Um, My entire – jeez, words (laughs) are hard. My entire family being Cubs fans, I got to enjoy this with them here. This entire series was down and back. It was about the same thing as the Cavaliers-Warriors. Yep. Well, they NBA were down. Finals. It was the same year, 2016, 2016, 3-1, yeah. 3-1. It was absolutely insane. And then the next year, the Falcons blew a lead 
It seemed like no lead was safe in that last year. Everybody was blowing it. Whoever you thought was going to win was going to completely explode. Um, but this game was back and forth the entire time. Um, started off with a leadoff home run of Dexter Fowler. Absolutely just stunned the crowd. I mean, guess what he did the next that. year with the yeah. Cardinals. Yeah, he at like nothing. <laughs> start, that was the first ever like leadoff homer in Game Seven. That's that's been the only one. That's been the only one. Um, still insane. I think David that Ross that man, had a home run that game. Did he he not? did. He did. Which I'm gonna get to that. But Cubs ended up getting hot. They ended up scoring three runs. Kyle Hendricks is coming in, and he is lights out. Through five innings, he only gave up one hit. To start the inning, he gave up a second. At this point, the Indians aren't touching him. And Joe Madden, controversially, pulls him out. Throws in John Lester, another starter, which the Cubs' bullpen was really good that year. Yeah. They <laughs> Almost, had an elite bullpen. It, it was actually insane. To see what they had way before and way after, you look at 2016, they're like, where where was this every year? Why, <laughs> why why can't you develop pitching anywhere else? But their bullpen was elite. Um, how they didn't go to it was insane. But they ended up taking out Kyle Hendricks. They throw in John Lester, which in return takes out Wilson Contreras. So you lose one of your youngest studs. Um, you throw David Ross in there. David Ross, to his credit, did the best that he could. John Lester had a decent fifth. Mm-hmm. Or it was a decent fourth, sorry. Hendricks came out of the fourth. He had a decent fourth, comes into the fifth, and you get a run, two runners on, and John Lester throws two wild pitches. At this point, it was like a 3-1 to one lead, or it was like a 5-3 to three lead. It's now tied. You now just gave up the lead because you throw in a lefty who couldn't pick off at first base, so they stole hmm. on him, and then he threw two wild pitches. So at that point, you already given up the game. The Cubs feel like they lost momentum. Then you have David Ross, who became the oldest man ever to hit a Game 7 homer. Don't know how he did it either. <laughs> he just had he had some of that devil magic working. Um, but then you feel like you have a really clutch lead coming into this. You put on another tally extra run um, with a Javi Baez homer. Ended up giving it, um, I think it was, at this point it might have been 6-4. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was 6-4 when Javi went yard. And then, bottom of the eighth, absolute chaos. Aroldis Chapman was used in the game four. He was used in game five and game six, where he threw 15-plus pitches the entire time. How many hits did you say Kyle Hendricks gave up? How many innings? Hits. It was probably about two or three. I thought you said he just gave up one through five. Well, then I took it back, and I meant I to mean, say through three. He gave up and four, one and run, one walk, and a two strike. Okay. It's not bad. Yeah, I knew no. he gave up one run. It's still a good outing. Yeah, still really good how he got taken out that early. Insane. Um, but he was he was giving up hits, but the defense was getting outs. You guys had Chris Coughlin. Yeah, I forgot about him. I <laughs> I just remember him from jumping Miguel over Montero. Yadi Molina. Who got a hit. Yeah, he had the uh, game-winning RBI, but let me get to it. I'm you gotta, sorry. You gotta I'm let sorry. me get just to rem- it. I'm reminiscing. To build up. I bet you are. <laughs> I bet you're so reminiscing. No, I'm. my hatred's just flaring up. <laughs> Sheesh. He wants um, you to get it over with. <laughs> like, hurry up. Aroldis Chapman, not accurate at all. Rajay Davis, he's choking up on the bat. Obviously, with a power pitcher, you're going to be sitting fastball because the dude throws 102, 103. You don't see that. Six years ago, you were never seeing that. He was a league of his own, Aroldis Chapman was. Six years ago, that's crazy. Yeah, that is insane. That. that is insane that it was six years ago. Fires it in, Rajay Davis, boom, off the camera. City of Cleveland loses his mind. Cleveland! Because they're, they're, they're about to win two championships in the same year. 
LeBron's losing his cool. I mean, every everything you see, and then <laughs> Anthony Rizzo, Ben Zobris, Miguel Montero, just the Eureka native. Everything True. fell for the Cubs and broke a 108-year drought, which is insane to even think about. They might get another 108. Who knows what's going to happen? Ben Zobrist, the Eureka native. native. Would... True. Yeah. I think this is a really key moment in sports. I'd agree with that. At least okay, the but city of Chicago. You know what stands out to me in that like entire playoff run? The way that um, Joe Madden and Terry Francona would use their two star relievers, Andrew mm-hmm. Miller and Aroldis Chapman. They were both dead by the World Series. All both of them were. Yeah, because they, they were every single oh, game. No, they use them every game. Andrew Miller, uh, especially, was used multiple innings every game. Mm-hmm. Chapman would use maybe one inning every game. Yeah, because he threw harder. But Andrew Miller had nastier stuff. But you're used for multiple innings every game. Your your arms are gonna be fried, and those are the two best relievers. Yeah, and then Andrew Miller came to the Cardinals and sucked. And they both got <laughs> shelled. And I was so excited. World Series. By Game Six, Aroldis Chapman was not the same. By game five, Andrew Miller was not the no. same. No. And it showed. But yeah, Cubs breaking their drought, giving Chicago some hope, and coming back from 3-1 the way they did it. David. Oh, I'm sorry, David. Spencer, you're up. Uh, I just thought of another one. I'm so glad I did. Uh, and this is a steal, in my opinion. This is the 2008 4x100 medley relay final in the Olympics. This is the year that Michael Phelps is going for eight medals. So he steps up on the medley relay. Let me pull this up so I can remember exactly how this went. I think I got another one for 2016. Oh, okay. We'll get to that in a second then. Um, You're not going to get it. What am I thinking of? I, I'm not going to tell you. You're not getting it, though. So I don't think we're thinking of the same thing. Sure. The way that this went down is obviously Phelps is going for his – I think this would have been his fifth medal at the games so far. So he's trying to keep it alive. Um, he jumps in the pool, uh, you know, does really well. Um, but they're down. U.S. is down bad. Uh, Australia's got a huge lead. Uh, they've been talking a bunch of smack coming into this one. And for whatever reason, their anchor is Jason Lezak. He's one of the He's one of the pros. Um, he hops in the pool and runs or swims the runs. fastest split ever on a uh, on a freestyle, and they win. They come back and win. He's down by I believe it's a full body length at one point when he enters the pool. Uh, let me pull it up. Um, Can you use that in baseball terms? One body uh, length, three runs, four runs. It, you're down three runs. Oh. You're down three runs, bottom of nine. Oh. Okay. Like, he's the anchor leg. So, the, he's the last guy. Um, he's the last. The walk-off home. Here you go. Uh, it's really poor quality. But, uh, basically, so you'll see when the U.S. enters the pool. Uh, basically, their second leg, the U.S.'s, uh, was really – or third leg? One of the two. It, it wasn't Phelps. Phelps wasn't the one that almost sold. Uh, but they fall behind bad. And – Lezak swims the split of his life. And they come back and win on fingertips. So, like, you know, like, you got to press the wall, right? There's, like, a sensor. They'll show a replay, I'm guessing. Um, It it was by an eyelash, like, legitimately an eyelash. Um, 
it, it's one of the most incredible comebacks ever. And again, it's the reactions that sells it. It's Lee Zach popping up out of the pool, looking towards the scoreboard to see if they did it. They do. Phelps is standing up there, just freaking out because they did it and they weren't they weren't supposed to make it. I got it. On that. So it was France that got second. Oh wow. Was it France? Yeah. Oh, that's bizarre. I must have been looking. I was looking at the wrong thing then. All right. But yeah, like France was the one. I'm sorry. France is the one that was talking a lot of smack. You know, it was a lot of the, uh, you know, you're not as good as they say they are. Um, and Jason Lezak wow. yeah. is incredible. Uh, they they Phelps wins that one. He gets eight medals. He gets eight gold medals at the 2008 Olympic Games, which is the most by any athlete ever, uh, and eventually helps him get to the most uh, accoladed Olympian ever. So an incredible, incredible race. I highly recommend. Uh, I don't think you guys have seen the full race, um, and we can watch it after. But like, it's like a five-minute race, and it is incredible to see the buildup and how like it legitimately looked like there was no hope. Like it was like there's no way they somehow come back from this, and they do. Uh, evidenced by you know the clip that you guys are watching. Wow. <laughs> eyelashes. That is a good one. By we need, eyelashes. We need to watch that one. It, it is incredible. Um, so that, that's my fourth round pick. My final pick again. This is uh this is one that's super uh connected to myself. Um, last year. Uh, comes up to the final game of the regular season. Ah. For Michigan Ohio State. Huh. And this is a rivalry that has not been close in the past twenty years. Really, since my lifetime, the Michigan's won. Um the game as it's called three times in my lifetime uh they hadn't won since 2013 i believe i'm just trying to make sure i get all this right um apologize for the drilling sounds in the background if that's picking up it's just uh we still under construction over here at the station uh yeah so in my lifetime coming into this game they had won in 2003. I'm a Michigan fan, uh, just for the listeners. I'm an Ohio State fan. No, you're not. 2003 and 2011. So coming into this game, uh, I believe both teams are undefeated, and I'm freaking out. This is a chance for Michigan to finally make the college football playoff, um, and they have to beat Ohio State in the big house. So no no place like home, obviously. Um and it, it's perfect football weather. I'm, I'm finishing. I finished this just in uh, my sports show from last year. I hop off immediately, pull up my computer, and sit down and watch this game. And I've got work at two. I had to clock in for work at two, so the game starts at eleven. I'm like, all right, I can probably get most of this in. They, you know, it's snowing a little bit, flurries, and Michigan just runs all over them. Son Haskins has five touchdowns, and they win. Uh, and I remember standing in my break room waiting to clock in and he runs it in for the last time and just like i i was crying and like walked i had to go i had to work um so i'm like crying behind i worked as a coffee at a coffee shop so i'm like crying behind bar because they just did it this is something that like i wanted to see so badly and they did uh and being able to go like i couldn't see everything that happened afterwards um but going on twitter after the game uh and seeing like 
Michigan storming the field and singing Mr. Brightside, which is like synonymous with the school, uh, as the crowd, after pulling off the upset and just being like, wow, they finally did it. Uh, and that that is probably the best sports moment for like me as a personal fan of a team. That's probably the best sports moment as a fan that I've experienced. So like my my most biased pick I can make is that one. I would say that's a good biased pick though. Oh yeah, I hope we do it again. All right, Dave, let's see what you got. <sighs> Don't you do it? Allegedly hasn't been stolen yet. You said from 2018. Oh my gosh. I don't even think I'm going to do the game in general. I think I'm going to do a play. Oh. I don't know if you're actually going to say this. Um, oh. No. Smart. It's not. That's fine. Okay. Going into the second half, one of the last plays, Philly is down. Oh, jeez. I don't even know what they were down at this point. They were down by a I'll little I'll whip it bit. up. 2018, you said? Um, yep. I said 2016, anyways. Pretty sure her 2018. Yep, I would I would hope so, David. Th- this is your team, buddy. Yes. <laughs> I need you to know these things. <laughs> no, I thought he said. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> anyways, Let's see, pull up the scoring plays. Uh, you guys were up 15 to 12 when this occurred. Okay, we were up 15. Oh yeah, because it yeah, puts you guys up 10. Okay. That that's the point. So it changes that the entire emotion of the game, which in I, in my opinion, is the reason why we won the Super Bowl. We took all the momentum with this one right here. And mind you, the Patriots had just went on a ninety-yard drive in seven plays to get within three. Yeah, just to set this play up. I f- yeah, I forgot about that because our Pro Bowl kicker um, Jake Elliott missed an extra point to get us up there. Um. But it is 15-12 at the fourth and goal, and in this big a stage, you've never really seen any type of trick play like this. Nick Fole gets under center, calls kill, and he's on Lane, Lane Johnson's right side, his right cheek. He's right there. He passes Who's his twice. right tackle. Exactly, the right <laughs> tackle. He goes, Blaine, Blaine, we have our running back back there, which I'm forgetting his name, but I know he's not on the team anymore. And I think that was. I know. I, it wasn't Legarrette oh, Blunt. No, it, it wasn't Blunt. Oh, geez, it might have been a Jai. I think it was. Or it was because he doesn't make the pass. No, he doesn't. It's a pitch, right? And he takes a snap after he goes kill, kill, Blaine, Blaine. Who who took the snap? That's the running back. I'm forgetting. Ajayi? I don't. Th- I don't okay. know if it's Ajayi. Or was it Corey Clement? Well, I just wanted it was to... Clement. There we go. Corey Clement. Okay, that's why I forgot him. So the running back takes the snap. Yes, the running back took the snap. Corey Clement gets the pass. He runs to the left. Trey Burton is going right behind him. He flips it to Trey Burton, which I don't know what I was going through in my mind, but I was like, <laughs> I don't know what's happening. What, what the heck is going on? I see Nick Foles just standing there, and I see him blitz out, and I'm looking. I'm like, it can't be. It can't be. It cannot be. Throws it right there, catches the ball, which Tom Brady could not do. That's a play that they did in the first half. Tom Brady, Butterfingers. Saw so many memes, the Super Bowl trophy <laughs> slipping right out of there. It was one of the greatest moments I've ever seen in my life. There's a video of me on Facebook. I'll try to show you guys later because <laughs> my mom recorded all of it. I lost my mind. I would too. I, I spent so much emotion going right there. And honestly, that just solidified what 
Nick Foles meant to the city of Philadelphia, what he did against Atlanta, how he pounded the Vikings, and then just went on a tear, ballistic, piecing the New England Patriots for 41 points. Was that the year the Jaguars were in the uh, yeah. yep. Yep. championship and game? And then they, they, wow. had a, they had a lead and about blew it. Yeah, you about saw a Super Bowl that had Nick Foles and Blake Bortles. <laughs> Nick Foles and Blake Bortles. What a time to be alive. What a time to be alive. Yeah. And then if Nick Foles, if the Eagles wouldn't have won, it would have been the Vikings in the Super Bowl with Case Keenum. Wow. This is how wild. the same year as the Miracle, uh, Minneapolis Miracle? That was the game that got him to the NFC Conference Championship Mm. where they got pounded. They got pounded. The Vikings scored the first seven. We were getting shut out. And then Case Keenum threw a pick six. And then from there on... All Sean Jeffrey with two tutties. Corey Clement with a beautiful, beautiful end zone catch. One of the best that I've ever seen in my life. I would need to show you this, but it's a toe tapper on the front pylon where his head, the ball's coming in on this angle, and he's looking here, and he has to make a last-second adjustment to right here and still hold the ball while staying in bounds. Caught it for a tutty for, like, 45 yards. It was one of the most (laughs) insane plays I've ever seen, and it was a running back that caught it. Just, like, the entire build-up to the Super Bowl where you're like, they got to be slinging it. Like, there's no way. Nick Foles is staying under center. The one time he goes out of center, he catches a touchdown pass, changes the entire momentum of Philadelphia, brings their first Super Bowl ever, ever, and it was against the greatest player of all time. And Who the greatest system. balled out that yes. game. I'm looking at the stat line. Dude threw for 505 yards. Who lost. Tom, Tom Brady. Brady threw 500 Ooh. yards and lost. Didn't throw a pick. Three touchdowns. He only completed 28 of 48 and had 500 yards passing. That's yeah. insane. Yeah. yeah. And lost. Yeah. I mean, that shows how bad our secondary was. Right. You was <laughs> Swiss cheese, but at the end of the day, it stops the stops, yeah? Yeah. You got the stops where they needed, obviously. You had about five minutes left where we were up five. Tom Brady going for a deep pass. And Brandon Graham comes up with an insane strip. And, uh, oh, geez, Derek Barnett comes up with the pickup. Hit a field goal. We're up eight at that point. That's where I just, I was the happiest person alive. Because I was like, they have to get the two point. And even for that, they have to score. Drop the ball. Happiness. Final pick. 2018. Nick Foles. Big. Cannot say the word. (laughs) You know the word. We know. What you got, Andrew? Close out the draft. 2016. Final game of March Madness. North Carolina versus Villanova. I'm glad somebody took this. Yeah. The last two plays. Okay. Just insanity. I just I breaks mean, lose. I couldn't take that. Not not with my last one. I didn't think anybody Oh, was... no, no, no. <laughs> no. It's just, I was really tempted to take that one, but I'm glad you took it because it deserves to be on these lists. Oh, yeah. That's a steal for the last pick. Yeah. It's an absolute steal. And I'm glad you say the last two plays. Just the last two plays in particular. Because everyone forgets about the first play of that. Yeah, you can't. You You shouldn't. Take it. Tell tell us like the first play. Take us through these last couple moments of the game. I for, kind of forget how it goes down. Well, um, I believe North Carolina gets the ball. Yep. And what is it? Seventy four, seventy two. I believe. Seventy four, seven, seventy four, seventy two. Villanova over North Carolina. Um, and North Carolina comes down and ties it up at seventy four. Okay. With what seems like two seconds less on the clock. I would say Villanova hits a volleyball line three to win 77-74. And confetti's falling. Fans are going crazy. The guy that hit the shot, I forget his name. I forget his Chris Jenkins. 
Yep, Jenkins, that's right. Jumps in to his teammate's arm. And just the picture from that is Jenkins in his teammate's arm with confetti falling is insane. It's one of the greatest pictures ever. Yeah. It's one of the craziest two plays ever. But yeah, it was with 13 seconds Villanova took a timeout because Hart makes Josh Hart, mind you, Pelicans mm-hmm. great. Uh, yeah, now he's on he's on the uh, Trailblazers. Well, he's still a Pelicans great. That's <laughs> how that works. Like LeBron's a Cavs great, not on the Cavs anymore. Um, <laughs> a two-time Cavs great. Um, so Nova's up three. They take a timeout to set up their defense. Marcus Page comes up and hits a double clutch three. Yep. With six seconds left. Nova takes another timeout with four seconds. And then it's Archidiacono back to Jen- Jenkins for the championship. Good. That was the insane last 15 seconds of a game. Yeah. It was incredible. I remember watching that and just being like, wow. that, <laughs> Wow. What do you do? Wow. Yeah, and people do forget a lot about the first play leading up to that. Yeah, Marcus Page makes, like, the second greatest shot of that game. Yeah. Unfortunately. Like, it, like probably the first one skill-wise. Yeah, that's so, a way more difficult shot than Jenkins. Jenkins yeah. caught that in rhythm. You know that play we run in pickup? Yeah. Where I... I turn and pitch it back. Mm-hmm. I got it from that play because it's cake. You think about it. I'm giving you separation, right? I'm yeah. pitching it back, and you're getting separation. You're just shooting over me. That's exactly what they did on the championship winning play. You know why? Because you're turning, and you're catching in rhythm, and it's just money. It's like you're picking it up off a rack and shooting. And it showed. Yeah. So who do we think won this draft? Let's go through them. <sighs> Number one pick was me. Took Miracle on Ice. I got the 2013 FA Cup second leg. I've got Trey Burke's three against Kansas. I've got the 2008 4x100 medley relay. And I've got 2021 Michigan-Ohio State. Man. David went Jackie Robinson breaking the color barrier. The Cavs 3-1 comeback. Cardinals-Packers wildcard game. 2016 World Series of Game 6. And the 2018 Super Bowl. Two bias picks. That's a good list. Yeah. That's good to have those bias picks. <laughs> Andrew went, Lou Gehrig's farewell, the kick six, cool runnings, cards game six, and 2016 UNC Nova. Dude, these are good. Those are some banger lists. <laughs> those are some banger lists. So if you're listening to this, which you are, and I hope you are, because this is one of my favorite drafts that we've done. Hopefully it won't be my favorite because it means we do even more better ones. Exactly. But we need to know on our poll – Vote. Who you got? Spencer, David, Andrew. We'll have it up. We need your guys' voices on this. Are there some that we left off? Is there something that, you know, I know that there's some that I'm like, man, I I really wish that I would have found a way to work in the uh, the Statue of Liberty play from Boise State. There was another one, uh, the 2001 World Series. 2001 World Series. I thought Mm -hmm. about taking that. I'm really glad none of you guys brought up the muffed punt with Michigan Michigan State. The butt punt. The butt punt. The The butt butt fumble. fumble. Yeah. Uh, there are just uh, like this. I love Jose, these. Was it Jose Canseco hitting the ball off the top of his head? That's another one. Yep. Bautista's bomb. You know who hit uh, that oh. ball? I'm surprised nobody took Bautista's. You know who hit, hit that ball off of uh, Canseco's uh-uh. head? Jose Martinez's dad. Really? Yeah. Wow. It's wild. El Cafe. El Cafe. Yeah. That, no crazy. Bautista. I thought it was like wow. wow. I thought for sure that was gonna be in there. Do you know what's more iconic to me? Um. Buck Showalter having the greatest closer in a season. Whoops. 
Zach Britton and not putting Listen, him in. Listen, Ubaldo Jimenez has it on lock, guys. He was really – does this make sense to you? Pitched really good for Colorado, came to Baltimore and sucked. How do you pitch well in Colorado <laughs> and go to Baltimore and suck? You're asking the wrong guy. I really don't know. Does that make sense to you, though? No. <laughs> it really doesn't. <laughs> Physics were defied. So, again, thank you guys for listening. This was a lot of fun. Uh, again, want to do drafts every week. Not yep. quite sure what we're going with next week. There's so far, so far, I won week one. I saw it. The pulls are in. You, you took week one? I ended up taking week one. Okay. I think me and you got like 20%. Hey, listen, I'll take 20%. It's better I'll than none. At least people are honoring my decisions. So, next week, it sounds like we're floating the idea of best stadium, perhaps. Yep. Uh, which I would love to do. Love talking stadiums. Loves, oh, oh, spoilers. What if I take it first? What if I get huh. pick one? Boom. Boom, I'm taking PNC Park. I'm just kidding. I haven't seen it yet. Uh, but so it's close. You need to stop. Sorry. Guys, thank you for coming on. We'll be back next week with more sports as usual. World Series recap potentially. Probably. No, probably not. Probably not because it kicks off on Friday. Mm-hmm. Right. So be sure be Friday, sure to watch Saturday, that. Friday, Saturday, and then Monday, Tuesday. Yeah. So it could be. It, it oh, really could if be. My prediction's oh. right. It could be Phillies in four. That's what the people are saying. Yep. I am the people. I am them. <laughs> so again, thank you guys for listening. We'll be back next week. This has been on the clock.